Lately, we've been asking more questions than we have answers to. What is re-creation? What does it mean to reimagine, reconceptualize, reshape? How do you take a clear plan, rooted in expectations and drawn from experiences, and work with the jagged pieces when it shatters? Can this newfangled collage ever measure up to previous expectations? And furthermore, how do you know if the outcome will be worth the work it takes to Frankenstein what is left into something new? We are not the first people to ask these questions. Creators of all kinds pondered these questions before COVID-19 and will mull them over far after. The art of making art is, after all, a pastiche. Creators create. We work with the known and the unknown, the fully formed and the ideal, the practical and the potential, and we whip it into a frenzy until something new stands where there was once nothing. But it feels like we had so much more than nothing. And it feels like our creation was ripped from our hands, split into slivers, and held out of reach. Things falling apart. It's not novel. In fact, it happens all the time. But this time... This time... Even the backup plans for our backup plans couldn't address this crisis adequately. So, we are face to face with the fact that things are not going back to normal anytime soon, if ever. These are the conditions for the foreseeable future, and we have to tap into a creativity that we might not even know we had. We have to reimagine. We have to reconstruct. Welcome back to Blackout, the dilemma of digital drama. I'm your host, Betsy Goldman. This week, I'm joined by our editor, Eli Singer. Not in person, of course. We're taking a closer look at some of the rubble left behind after the proverbial shattering. Each fragment has become a potential new building block, and all of us in Black Box are just trying to rebuild. This is episode two examining the pieces. We are now three weeks into our rehearsal process. We run the shows four times a week over Zoom and engage in improv activities and vocal exercises. Fostering our connections in this way allows us to create differently and newly in ways that would not be possible under normal circumstances. For our student directors, this situation, which is already really tough given that they don't get to graduate the way they thought they would graduate, well, it's just not ideal. We asked our student directors how they are approaching this new version of what was supposed to be a significant project during their final year. So I expected there to be a bit of resistance from the project, but in terms of my expectations for my actors, I actually decided not to set anything huge for them because of that. I didn't want them to like come in and immediately like, okay, here's what I'm expecting you guys to do for this. Here's this, 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 this. I was just kind of like, you know, I know this is crazy. I know some of you guys 
I love you all. And I know we have a great dynamic, but I know there's a lot of stress right now. So, you know, I know you might not be thrilled to have another thing on your plate. Mm-hmm. So let's just have fun with it and see what we can do. Let's just do something really freaking cool. And it's credit to my cast. I think they've had a ton of fun with it so far. It has been fun watching people adapt and get comfortable to the new environment. Um, again, like Mark, I was afraid of some resistance um, and afraid of a lot of other things like scheduling conflicts, technical difficulties, but everything, everything has, has worked out thus far. And it's really a credit to, to our, our ability to like really keep communicating with each other and staying on top of things. In addition to adjusting their expectations, Mark and Paul reflected on their initial feelings about this new project and how those feelings have changed over time. But again, as, as we have continued to, to develop and as, as we go into more and more rehearsals, it, it's become evident that people are as passionate about the project than as, as the four of us here. And, and that's been a very large comfort. <laughs> To, to know that people are willing and able to put in the, the work. The first thing that went through my head was logistics. Like, how can we make this happen? How can we make it the best that it can be? How can we manage audio quality, connection, all those little details of, you know, that come with working online? That was my first feeling. And then otherwise, I'm always the type of person who really, like, feels things in the moment. So my first initial feelings weren't necessarily going to form for me until I was sitting on the Zoom call mm. with my cast for the first time and seeing what that dynamic was. And it is ever-changing for me. And I'm at a point now where I'm really feeling like we're building back up the chemistry that we had before we went online. Right. And so my, my feeling right now is pride. Okay. So, yeah. My feeling going in, I guess, seeing everyone on the call and seeing that everyone was willing, initial feeling, relief. Now I'm at a point of pride for my cast and for myself. They expressed their hopes going forward and how they want to produce a good show, which begged the question, what makes a good show? What makes a good show in this situation? That's a great question. I think it's, it really depends on a ton of different factors. It depends on your script. It depends on your genre. And it depends on how you present it and it depends on the audience. Everyone's going to define a good show differently. No, but no, but I see what you mean, Mark. Um, uh, I don't remember who I had this conversation with. It might've been whoever it was said something along the lines of like, like it's a big compliment for a director, like to say that like, it looks like you got about 60% of what you wanted on stage. So, so I'm thinking like what makes it a successful show from the viewpoint, from a director's viewpoint, just to to have a a vision and to have at least at least a portion of it translated to, into reality at the same time i'd say it's also a, su- a success to see people having fun with the material to see it have an effect on an audience and to kind of touch on that um you said like the 60% of what you wanted as a director going into a show makes it a good show. Mm-hmm. If we don't have like the props, the costumes, the set piece, the blocking, and it all comes down to the voice, I guess that if my, I can help coach my actors to get to a place where they are able to give 60% of the, of the like 
perfect, flawless performance that I have in mind, if I can get them to give 60% of that through voice alone, I'm happy. Mark and Paul's reflections highlight that not only is creating virtual theater possible, it is vitally important now more than ever. Eli and I spent some time discussing what this process has been like for us. As part-time faculty at Curry, the stakes and payoffs are different for us than for the students. Not only did this project feed our creative desires, we also depend on it to support our families and our livelihoods. I don't, I've never produced radio drama before. Um, I consider myself a a physical director, um, an in-person director. um, The coolest thing, and this is why I like working with young people and people who are sort of in the process of gathering information and sort of rolling it around inside of them and digesting and playing with it is that Mark and Paul were like, yep, let's do this. I mean, there was no hesitation whatsoever. Um, When I asked them, it was clear for both of them that it was like, no, like we're going to, we're going to make this art um so the process really like for me started there with their enthusiasm and their sort of unwavering commitment to trying to make it happen and it's been a little more i mean not surprisingly for for teachers we've had to work harder Mm -hmm. um to do to to get similar or the same results so it's been it's been more coaching uh it's been more sort of following them around getting plans and things Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's not nearly as much work as it could be because they just adapted we're watching parallel discoveries. We're experiencing parallel discoveries. We're experiencing our own discoveries as teachers and creators. And we're lucky enough to experience the discoveries of our student directors and the actors. There are moments where they bump up against it. And by it, I mean the sort of limits of their own knowledge and Mm -hmm. and the medium. Yeah. And usually when they bump, I'm also bumping. Mm, Wow. Like, I feel it around the same time that they feel it because we're all figuring this out at the same time. Oh, that's cool. So we have been problem solving together, Mm. um, trying to come up with tricks that will help us get the results that we would get if we asked them to now try it moving very quickly or try it touching or not touching try it you know wearing the shoes um so the other night mark and i decided that we would have we would have hp and bean switch roles oh okay yeah so bean read for kate and hp read for harry Mm -hmm. were you there for that no no but i saw the rehearsal report it it did i've never done that before you know and it did yeah. some really cool stuff. That's awesome. And things like Paul telling people to pin each other's videos, that yeah, stuff didn't, didn't occur to me at all. Yeah. Um, so I really feel like it has become 
it started out with me sort of guiding more and it's become sort of a three person discovery and process together. Mm. That's really cool. A radio drama was not the only performance option we considered. We imagined what it would mean to perform the show over Zoom. What do you think it would have been like if if we had performed the play in these boxes? In these boxes? Yeah. I think we would have taken a lot, probably taken up a lot more time, um, like re-blocking basically. Right. right. And having to renegotiate, renegotiate the medium, yeah. right? Where um, there's a lot of really, I think we probably, my guess honestly is that we wouldn't, we wouldn't be getting to the nuance and performances that we will eventually land on. Yeah. That's my guess. Um, I feel like the technology aspect would be a lot more restrictive and a lot more in our faces. Um, So I think dealing with that would prevent us from really producing something that we connect with. That's the thing. And it's like, you, you, we could have picked a different plays that would have lent themselves better to the medium, mm-hmm. but then it would have been starting from scratch, scratch, scratch. Yeah. Um, and this way we get to see each other while we rehearse, mm-hmm. but we know that no one is going to be seeing us when we perform like right. for the performance, which lifts a certain amount of self-consciousness. Mm-hmm. Each student is different. Each student is unique and they bring that difference and that uniqueness to their performing and to their process of figuring out their characters and and putting them on stage. These digital rehearsals are no different in that sense. All of the students have found Zoom rehearsals simultaneously freeing and restrictive. And depending on who each person is and what kind of actor they are, their growth and experiences are are vastly different. What's been really rewarding and so exciting for us as professors is to see each of these students grow in different ways. I mean, kind of what we were talking about before, I think, like, Marina has like really come really far um, in terms of her performance and her confidence. It does seem that way um, that there might be something about the separation that is emboldening, is that a word? Um, that That is helping the students feel less self-conscious about taking risks and sort of sinking deeper into the characters. I'm seeing that from Marina. I'm seeing that from Bean. Uh Um, You know, they're the same people. So in many ways, a lot of their struggles mirror what their struggles were in person. Uh Um, 
And I think it's taken a while for a couple of them to sort of buy in or at least yeah. fake buying into the process. Yeah. But by focusing on a vocal performance, I think we're getting to certain places with certain people that we might not be able to have, we might not have been able to reach. So yeah. uh, Marina is definitely one of those people. I think Jack is one of those people. He's still uh, sometimes hard to understand, but I think that right. he understands what he's saying a lot better. Yeah. We also discuss how this process affects our lives in quarantine. We have additional jobs and responsibilities outside of this. Sometimes this feels like just one more thing to do. One more task that takes three times as long now than it would under normal circumstances. It can be hard to look at it with a positive perspective, especially when the final product will be, some may argue, far less exciting than a live performance like the opportunity to connect in this way, I think is really important. Um, and it's different from just like a FaceTime with your friends. And it's different from a, a Zoom class, like a structured Zoom class with your professor for like, um, there's kind of like a middle ground. You know, we've been working really hard to treat those young people with kindness and gentleness and give them opportunities to process. But I think that colleges, some professors in some colleges aren't doing that um, because we're like, oh, our kids are adults and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But um, they need the space as much as anybody else needs the space to feel safe to feel supported, to feel held, to feel heard. And I think, you know, that's what a rehearsal space, what I try to make my rehearsal spaces anyway. And so online or not online, that we're holding that space together. And if you need to share your feelings, you share your feelings. If we need to stop so someone can cry, we stop so someone can cry. Um, And, and it seems that, that, they're not getting that in in as many other spaces as as I would like. Um, so it feels, in terms of how this process affects my quarantine, um, I feel grateful for the creativity, and it feels extremely important that I am providing space for the for the people that I'm teaching or mentoring mm-hmm. to process, be sad, be scared, what have you. Our actors are spread across the country and are diligently learning to improve their performances, despite the difficulties of transitioning to online learning. We took some time to check in with them and see how they were feeling about the process. I was really excited at first because I was just so happy that we were doing the show. I kept, before I knew we were doing anything, looking at my calendar and being like, oh, tech week, we'd be in right now, you know, it's opening night and stuff like that, Um, opening night coming up and stuff. And I would be really sad about it. But once I found out we were doing something, I was just happy to be able to finish what we started and get to see my friends again, of course. 
I was also really nervous though because I have never made a podcast before and it was definitely going to be hard because theater is dependent on a live audience in like most of the definitions of the phrase theater but so excited and nervous and then I remember the first meeting and then me and Jen met afterwards and we ended up talking about how we're going to stage manage over a podcast and the experience has been really helpful you know we're having to coordinate instead of just talking in person having to coordinate you know back and forth to emails the experience has been really helpful and like I've done a whole lot of stuff that I've never done before um so it's definitely made stage managing much more of a helpful experience than it would be otherwise so when I found out about the podcast play, I was kind of disappointed as well. Um, I honestly did not like the idea (laughs) Um, because it wasn't like us on a stage. I was like, if it's not that, then why would I do this? (laughs) Um, But, you know, as we, as time went on, I guess I, kind of got used to it and I'm slowly starting to like um like the idea not surprisingly they have mixed feelings about completing their semester online and harbor concern about what school will look like in the fall some of them still need to clean out their dorm rooms as the decision to go online was abrupt and announced with little warning Um, I feel very anxious about going back to school this fall because, well, I don't want to stay here, but I don't want anyone to get sick. I don't want anyone to be endangered. I have asthma and paranoia, so I'm terrified. So it's a give and take, but in the end, people's lives matter more than any inconvenience. Would, are you are any of you guys considering like taking time off if we don't go back? Yeah, I would. I would definitely like. Yeah, maybe. Because if I don't get to do my teaching hours, I don't know how I'm like how that's gonna work. So, but I have a feeling that we'd go back to school though. As theater makers, we know that to some, our processes and art seem trivial. So often when we spend countless hours working on a show, 12-hour rehearsal days, painting the set all night and driving home at five in the morning, building an offstage wall that lives behind a door that the audience only sees for a moment, taking our lives into our hands by hooking our legs over the railing of the genie lift to adjust the focus of a light fixture, and someone will ask us, why are you spending so much time on this? It's just theater. Or even better, It's just college theater. The shows aren't even good. These comments simultaneously infuriate and invigorate me. If you're going to ask that, then you should ask the same of any artist. What's the point of art at all? But if you're listening to this podcast, you might know the answer. Theater, like all art, feeds our souls. Now more than ever, our souls are hungry, starving even. We need this. These pieces, these crumbs, 
They're feeding us in this time of crisis. Theater is therapeutic, and it becomes clear in our rehearsals that this process brings solace to our cast and our directors, as well as to us, the educators. Right now, everyone is just struggling to be seen and heard outside of their quarantine bubbles. This is our opportunity to reach out and virtually express ourselves. For our students, this is vitally important. They are still learning what it means to be theater makers. It's imperative that they not be left hanging even when so many other things seem like they should take priority. Because even though it's hard to contemplate now when we're in the thick of it, eventually things will go back to some semblance of normal. And when we get to that place, These are the artists who will be spearheading the Renaissance. We need to make sure they're prepared to pick up and reassemble the pieces. Can I ask one of these questions for a selfish reason? Um, As slightly from a director's standpoint. Uh, The last one, what are you learning from this process? I'd be very curious to hear all of your answers. I have things to say. The short answer, learning to suck it up because there is nothing about my environment here that makes me think, ah, yes, it is time to go into professional actor mode. There is nothing here that helps me, that helps facilitate the mindset needed to do good theater and to, you know, work hard. Like, I care about this very much. And there's a million excuses I could have for why I am grumpy and I don't want to do it. Um, The things going on just, like, in the things that go on in a situation where you live with your family, all sorts of chaos that goes on, the mental health around a global pandemic, um, all sorts of stuff that gives me excuses as to why I can throw a fit, have a bad attitude and such, but you can't do that because I'm still getting a grade. So, and also I care very much and I don't want to do that to the people around me and be a sourpuss, but So sucking it up, learning how to deal with like all the odds stacked against us. This shouldn't be a thing that's happening, but we're going to make it happen anyway. As we continue to rehearse and reflect, we learn from our mistakes and grow from the challenges we face. We adjust our expectations and work through the issues we come up against both individually and as a group. These connections are vital to our mental and emotional health. It's important to create art and to challenge ourselves, even when our world feels like it's shattered. We're forming the fragments into a new structure that, while not the same as the original, is still important, still real, still alive. So join me, Betsy, next week on Blackout. Special thanks to Curry College, Marcy Holbrook, Will Davis, and Emily Denon for their support and assistance. This episode was edited by Eli Singer. Music by Will Davis, David Hillowitz, and Audio Binger. Yeah. That's real. That's some real stuff. Yeah. Boom. Mic drop. Mic drop. Except don't drop a mic because they're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)